Single simulcast episode 218. Shante Fabulous is in the building. Fat Man Wild's in the building. I'm Rashani. This is 218. You know what it is. Uh, we appreciate y'all stopping by and checking us out. You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spreaker. I guess, like, they keep sending me invitations, and I'm like, I don't know you. I feel like Mariah Carey in that one, like, I don't know, I don't know them. But they keep sending me invitations saying, like, you have another follower, and I'm like, what are they following? What exactly are they linking on to? Because we don't put shows there. So, obviously, someone else is spending their money to put our shows on Spreaker's website, to which I say thank you. Um, deeply appreciate it. Um... You can find us on a ton of uh, different pod feeders and whatnot. All you got to do is take the RSS feed and plug it in. So that's the easiest way to do that. And once you do that, go ahead and share that with your friends as well. Just pretty much flood the market with it. Um, email is single simulcast at gmail.com. Uh, voicemail number is 916-572-9016. Um, you can check out Shante on Twitter at Shante Fabulous. Uh, that's S H A N T A Fabulous. Uh, wait, F A B. Yeah, I knew that nigga was spelling that wrong all this time. We talk about that every time you come on the show, <laughs> but I had to look again. It's not spelled the way the Fabulous spelled it because he's no good at spelling. It is F A B U L O U S. I swear he said F A B O L O U S. He did. Okay, just making sure. Which is Fabolous. Or something like that. Um, so, Shante Fabulous on Twitter. Uh, at Single Simulcast. That's no underscore. Just S-I-N-G-L-E-S-I-M-U-L-C-A-S-T. Um, and at Rashani, which is me. Um, R-A-S-H-A-N-I-I. Um, you could also check out uh, Shante on her website, which is Bury Me in Red Lipstick, which is where she gets into all things gully and grimy about the world of uh, makeup and makeup and high fashion makeup. And if you and your girl break up, that ain't the place to go because it's not that kind of makeup. Like she's not helping you out there, even though later on, how's that going for you? Did you ever hear back about the uh, the article that you wrote? No, I never heard any. I haven't heard anything back yet. So you really want me to go up in there? <laughs> no, I really don't. Okay. Because I know you will, but I, I don't. I'm ready, but I just want to let you know that if I go in there, it's not going to work out well for somebody. Like, it's going to work out well for you, but whoever they thought they were putting on is going to be pretty put out. So, um, yeah, I'll wait. I'll give it another week. Next week, though, I'm going up in there. I don't even know what the website is. I'm just going to go on a random website and be like, post her stuff. Because that's what friends are for. Um, and you can check out the uh, Single Simulcast website, which is www.singlesimulcast.com. Still the movement. <laughs> got to excuse me. I got a bit of a cough. <clears throat> I went to a sushi showdown um, with my beloved wife, Nisha. And we sat at a table with two other people that we didn't know. And I think they made me sick. 
Um, I'm just blaming them because I don't know them and, and, and they can't find me. I'm pretty sure they made me sick. They, they weren't coughing or anything, but they were probably carriers. So I got a bit of a cough and a runny nose and I'm just getting over it. I realized that when guys get sick, it's like the worst thing in the world to us. We try to act like it's not bothering us, yet every cough just shakes us to the bone. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Back up off me. I just got a little bit of a cough. <laughs> but are you pretending you're okay? And is that keeping you from like actually taking care of yourself? Like you're not taking medicine or whatever, you know, you're not resting, whatever it is. Cause I feel like that's what my husband does. My husband, he'll, you know, he, he's getting sick and I'm watching him get sick. And it's like, are you getting sick? No, no, I'm not no. getting sick. I'm not getting sick. No. And have you taken medicine? No, I haven't taken medicine yet. And it's just like, I'm watching it kind of happen. And it's just like, you should go take some medicine. And then he's like, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll go take some medicine in a little while. And it's like six hours later, you know, the, the sickness has progressed. And it's just like, you should have taken some medicine earlier. And then he starts taking medicine. And it's just like, but we, we could have headed this off in my head. He probably couldn't have. The Alka-Seltzer or the NyQuil probably wouldn't have headed off anything. The, the sickness is going to last as long as it's going to last. But in my head, I'm still thinking, you should have taken something. We could have fixed this. But whatever. Yeah, that's about accurate. Uh, Nisha asked me today if I took medicine. I've been sick since last Thursday. She was like, have you taken any medicine for it yet? I was like, no, I think it's at the tail end now. (laughs) So, you know, I wasn't taking anything for it. I was just going to tough it out for a second. Um, And so now I think think I'm healed. I think I'm better. And yeah, I, I, I really don't know what we're trying to prove by not acting sick. Like, we're not showing our kids anything. You know, this is like the antithesis of what we're supposed to show our kids. Like, it's so, you're supposed to tell your kids, it's okay to show emotion. It's okay to cry. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be human, basically. It's okay. But as soon as we get sick, we're like trying to hulk up. You know, like, I'm not even going to drink any orange juice for this. I'm just going to tough it out. I don't need nothing. I'm all right. I'm going to walk through the storm with no jacket on because I'm grown. And then it just turns out to be too late. Plus, every Saturday I go to basketball games. I coach at least at least three basketball games per Saturday. Uh, so usually by the end of the Saturday, I have absolutely no voice. So already being sick and then going to these basketball games, I had five basketball games this past Saturday. Um my voice, I sound like Jay-Z uh, by Monday. And so Nisha was like, are you going to take medicine now? And I was like, uh, uh, uh. no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And she was like, I'm just going to stop talking to you. Um, and I knew in my mind, I knew in my heart, it was because I was sick and she wanted my voice to recover. But the other thing that happens to you when you get sick as a guy is that you turn a little bit, needy why aren't you gonna talk to me (laughs) what what? (coughs) I'm okay I'm okay just hey 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 uh let's watch a movie and I'm just gonna put my head in your lap oh now you don't even want me around you oh okay alright that's cool that's cool and then you realize in the middle like I'm gonna say this for dudes we realize halfway through an argument that we start 
halfway through an argument that we start, we realize that we on some dumb shit <laughs> and we want to tap out. But by that time, y'all are activated. And so we can't get out of what we got into in the first place. So it's just like, okay, I'm going to just go. I'm going to go. And you're like, this whole thing is stupid. But now I can't go back in there and tell her it was stupid because she watching Love and Hip Hop at full volume. And I ain't going to be the one to break down. <laughs> That's how it works in my relationship at the very least. Um, <clears throat> Let me see. So. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Uh, just make sure that I've talked about everything. Omar's still gone. Oh, no. Yep. It has now been approximately two weeks since the last time I see my beloved snake. I'm thinking he's in the downstairs closet and he's trapped. And I know I should go down there and rescue him. But that motherfucker is full. Like You know that junk drawer that everybody has in their kitchen? Yeah. That's what my closet looks like downstairs. Like, I don't understand how some of the stuff that's in there is in there. Like we got a rollaway bed. I didn't even know that. I, I, oh, I, wow. I, I didn't even know we like what, like we have a rollaway and it's huge and I don't want to have to move it to find Omar. And then we have like, um, tons and tons and tons of blankets and Christmas supplies down there. And it is just like stacked up to the gills. And I don't know if he's worth it. <laughs> I mean, I love my snake, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to go in there, but I know he's probably hungry and I know he's scared and I know he's alone. And then I think about the fact that that closet is so full of shit. I just really don't want to uh, have to put stuff back. I think that's the worst part. Taking stuff out is fine. I'll take something out of a closet all day long. I took stuff out of our uh, bedroom closet looking for him initially and taking the stuff out of my closet took about 15 minutes tops mm-hmm. maybe maybe 15 minutes putting that shit back in took Sunday yeah because what, once you take it out you feel like like taking it out you're not really thinking about how you're going to put it back but then once you put it back now you feel compelled to like put it back you gotta organize it you gotta look at stuff it's like oh well do I really need this mm-hmm. it, yeah it's a it's a lot now, now you could I mean maybe you give some of that stuff away like do you ever thought about that like the stuff that's down in the closet like just no get rid of it no <laughs> it's, it's no <laughs> it's, you're just gonna hoard it you're just gonna keep it in the closet forever well it's it's Look, I I realized at a very early part of our marriage that um, even though I bought the stuff, it's not my stuff to give. Like, until Nisha says we have to get rid of this, I'm not really allowed to touch shit. So, okay. like, I'll be in the background and she'll say something and I'll immediately just believe she's talking about cleaning up and I'll be like this. So she'll be like, um we need to go ahead and make some room for, and I was like, other stuff in that closet? Okay, cool, I'm on it. And I go, and I start throwing her shit out, and she'll be like, no, we need to start making room for more food in the pantry. <laughs> you need to start taking out the expired stuff. Oh, oh, okay, alright. You know. Um, hey, I was just thinking that uh, one of these days, we're really gonna have to clean up 
that closet downstairs and I start throwing shit away immediately. Boom, boom, boom. Boxes and boxes and stuff's getting ready to go. And she's like, no, our uh, Bible study habits. Like, we really need to get the kids reading the Bible with us. And I'm like, you need to be quicker when you speak because when I jump to a conclusion, it's not just a little step. I am literally that nigga who runs from one building and jumps to the next building and I'm not jumping back. Like, one of us has to come back, and I'm not going. You didn't make that jump yet. I made that jump. That was a scary jump. You need to come with me. Meanwhile, I'm throwing your stuff out. So, um, yeah. Like, like you are on a Super Mario side-scroll mentality. Like, once you get past a certain area, there's no going back. Exactly. I've already got the checkpoint flag. I am here. I'm on level 9. You're on level 6. You need to get to where I'm at. Uh, Pop said, always forward, never backwards. So, I'm not coming back for you. Luke Cage wouldn't want me to. That's what I learned this week, which um not going to get into it. But next week, I figure by next week, you should be done. And we could talk Luke Cage because by then the whole world will be done. And we could talk about it fully. Yes. Um. Now, before we go further, there's this video. Um, it has no place anywhere else on this show. Like I tried to figure out a, 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 a place that I'll be able to put it within this show. Um, like before we start talking about something and I couldn't find any place for it on this show, but it is so job marvelous. It is just so dope that I just want people to hear it real quick. And I, you know, I, I could play it after a commercial break, but this ain't the fucking dream team. So hold on. I want a dyke for president. I want a person with AIDS for president. And I want a fag for a vice president. And I want someone with no health insurance. And I want someone who grew up in a place where the earth is so saturated with toxic waste that they didn't have a choice about getting leukemia. I want a president that had an abortion at 16. And I want a candidate who isn't the lesser of two evils. And I want a president who lost their last lover to AIDS, who still sees that in their eyes every time they lay down to rest, who held their lover in their arms and knew they were dying. I want a president who stood in line at the clinic, at the DMV, at the welfare office, who's been unemployed and played off, and sexually harassed, and gay-bashed, and deported. I want someone who has spent the night in the tombs and had a cross burned on their lawn and survived rape. I want someone who has been in love and been hurt, who respects sex, who has made mistakes and learned from them. I want a black woman for president. I want someone with bad teeth, someone who's eaten hospital food, someone who cross-dresses and has done drugs and been in therapy. I want someone who's committed civil disobedience. And I want to know why we started learning somewhere down the line that a president is always a clown. Always a, a John, never a hooker. Always a boss, never a worker. Always a thief, never caught. I just really, and by the way, that's a, a poem called I Want... A, uh, 
I remember correctly, it's called I Want a Fag for President. No, I Want a Dyke for President. Uh, it was written by Zoe Leonard uh, in 1992. And I, I listened to that a couple times. And what really struck me when I was listening to it is the fact that um, that poem is absolutely spot on. We've never had a president who's actually walked in the path that we've walked. I mean, the closest one I could really think of who may have ever walked the path that we've walked is President Barack Obama. And that's because I just figured that he grew up uh, with some sort of uh, hardship with a single mother. But by and large, presidents seem to be uh, more groomed from a very young age with boarding schools and, and rich homes and all that kind of stuff. And they don't know what it is to struggle. They don't know what it is to be uh, at a place where nobody wants to cater to them. And so they have to take care of themselves. And and they don't know even what it is to have to stand in the line at the DMV. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Definitely. And and what I got from it uh, was the idea of perfection. That it almost seems like that's what we kind of put on these people. That, you know, they're, they're just, they're perfect people. They're not... They've never, yeah, they've never had to deal with just the kind of mundane type of things that, you know, regular, that we just, we deal with every day, like going to the DMV mm-hmm. or, you know, going down to the welfare office or just any of these just kind of just, you know, they never seem like just regular people who you might live next door to, who you might go to church with, who, you know, just, they seem otherworldly. And I feel like that, and and they kind of are because of the way that they deal with the things that we deal with as far as the mundane things. Like they feel like they can, you know, they can get rid of this program. They can take this money away. They can do these kinds of things that they have like really serious impact on people. But because they haven't had to deal with it, it's just something they got to do. I read somewhere today that um, a one of uh, Trump's uh, not party members, but one of his constituents or one of the folks, one of his campaign uh, leaders was saying that um, giving people fifteen dollars an hour for. Uh, as a minimum wage for working at fast food, huh? Why don't we just give them a hundred thousand dollars an hour? And, uh, somebody typed out in the comments, that's what's really crazy about some Republicans is the fact that to them, $100,000 and $15 are the same thing. Both are numbers that should not ever be given to somebody as minimum wage. And that just really struck me. Um, now I'm not saying that to say that I, well, I don't, I don't know too many Republicans who aren't, uh, of a mindset that bootstraps always bootstraps. So I'm not going to front and say not all Republicans, all the Republicans that I've met or talked to on any show have been fully bootstraps, fully pull yourself up. And as I said before, I've, I've, uh, stated previously how I felt about minimum wage and I've changed my stance on that in a later date, which is growth. It's always good to have. Um, but I really do believe that our country and the world as a whole might be a better place if 
the people who were running the country, if the people who were in Congress, if the people who were in Senate had more life experiences, if they had experienced uh, somebody, one of their lovers dying of AIDS, if they had AIDS, if they had some sort of sickness, if they had had a hardship, if they had uh, been profiled by police, if they had been beat up for being a nerd in school, if they had been ostracized, if they had been talked about, you know, I just feel like those sort of experiences would have uh, change the structure and the way that they looked at the world. I think that it may have given them more compassion for uh, the little person if they had grown up in the projects or if they had grown up on the other side of the tracks or if they had had friends who told them that they weren't allowed to hang out with them because they were this, that, or the third or if they had uh, had an abortion uh, at any point in their life or if they had um trying to think of something for a guy i don't know if they had been uh profiled because of their their gender or their sexual orientation i think that that would really change things and and i'm not saying that hillary clinton is any of those things because as far as i can tell hillary has always grown up pretty privileged but I'm thinking that she has experienced at least some of those things, uh, being doubted because of her gender and, uh, being sexual, being over sexualized and, and, and being maligned and just being disrespected and dismissed. And I'm hopeful that she will be able to bring some sort of a, a change in the mindset that we face as Americans. But I'm a cynic. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, like what you're saying makes sense. And at the same time, I'm thinking about the possibility that there is someone in there who may have been been maligned for their sexuality or because of their gender. And for whatever reason, they can look at their situation and say that, you know what, that was really messed up for me and it hurt me and it bothers me, but they can't see it for other people. It's like, cause like one of the things I feel like there's a statistic or something and I hate saying, I feel like I'm almost making it up, but I feel like there are women sometimes who, uh, who get an abortion, you know, they get an abortion, but it was okay for them but it's not okay for other people. So while they, you know, took advantage of the ability to go and get an abortion safely and and, it, and and affordably, you know, when it's time to say whether or not someone else can get an abortion, they're like, oh no, no, they can't get an abortion. You know, they're, you know, they they say that they're doing it for the wrong reasons or, you know, they're trying to think of all these different situations. Why this person over here can't get it without acknowledging that they themselves may have been in that position or just whatever. They chose to do it. But this person over here, no, they can't do it because I think there are some people who are in who are in our uh in our government who pop, who probably did grow up poor, but it goes back to your whole bootstrap thing is that they grew up poor and in their mind, they did what they needed to do. They pulled themselves up, but they ignore that 
while they were pulling themselves up, that their uh, that their tuition was low. You know that they were paying you know fifteen hundred dollars a year to go to college, so it was okay that they were working at the fast food place, making the money to pay you know for their you know they could make that money. They could make that money on their summer job, while you have other people who are going to that same college and now they're paying. Fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. You're not going to make that over the summer, mm-hmm. you know. So it's this kind of. I think they have had hardships, but at the same time, there's kind of there's a disconnect, and it's it's strange, and it kind of scares me as a thirty-something year old because I don't want to become 50 or 60 and tell my son or my daughter at 30 something years old and and I guess lose like if they're telling me they're struggling with what they're dealing with and I kind of gloss over whatever struggles I was dealing with at 30 something years old like if it, if it does change and everything's kind of better when I'm in my 50s or 60s you know, and I feel like everything's financially great and maybe it's my kids are struggling and I'm telling them, well, you just need to do X, Y, Z, like kind of have this disconnect and not realize that things were kind of fucked up, you know, then. And I kind of came out of it, but I'd not be able to give them something. It's just, I, I feel like I don't want to, it's strange to me, I guess the disconnect that some people have because I know they went through things, but it's like they can't, it's like they think that what they went through is far worse than what someone else is going through. So they just downplay it. And I think I don't want to be that person. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are in positions of power now who may have went through certain things but don't realize the help that they had or whatever it was that got them to where they are now. They just think that they got there by themselves and that's really just it. And these people over here, they're just not doing what they need to do. But I did what I needed to do. And that's why I'm here. Do you think that um, some of those folks are going to be adamant that they got there on their own? Because if they admit that they didn't get there on their own, they would be admitting that those services are actually beneficial. And they're working to get that closed down. Like, um, I wonder often why there's not more people who talk about I mean like you said when 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 I was in college I uh ended up having two jobs while I was in college and and if you think about that that was an overnight shift at a at the campus security I was a dispatcher I worked for the popo um <laughs> and I worked at Applebee's as a server and Applebee's doesn't do two-hour shifts. There was no part-time shift there. I was literally there from like five until midnight, and then I would go to my other job and work all night, which doesn't leave much time for studying, uh, which is another reason why I wasn't able to uh, do what I needed to do to get what I needed to get done done in college. I spent so much time at work. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. I'm old. Um... <laughs> You know what? Um, I'll just, I'm just firmly convinced that if somebody, the rougher you grow up, the more likely you are to hear uh, the voices of the downtrodden. 
Um, like if you're low on the cast system, you're able to hear the voices of the others around you. But if you're high up the mountain, that's why they say it's lonely at the top because you can't hear anybody else telling you what you need to do to act more like them. And you don't want to act more like them. So you turn your head away even more. Um, and it's, it's strange. Like some of the stuff that I've seen people say that they're struggling with, like their hard times, their hardships, they're really nothing. But because they're in this insulated area, they're in this insulated space what they're going through just seems like it's a world breaker, you know, like, Oh my God, I only have a quarter tank of gas and I have to drive to work and back home from work and then pick my kids up. You're saying this is somebody who walks to and from work and drops their kids off, uh, hops on the bus to take their kids to school and then walks to work. So, you know, focus. Um, but, you know, I, I just really enjoyed that poem. I really just think that uh, it will be interesting to see how that would play out in a real world setting. Um, it will be interesting. What will really be interesting is to have a president who was absolutely uh, just honest, like not Trump, not a bully. Not somebody who's looking to hurt people, just somebody who really saw what was going on in the world and just really worked to do what they thought was right without any corporations in their ear. Because I do feel like there's corporations who are running large amounts of the country due to their uh, donations and their what they're able to contribute to the funds of America. But, I don't know. Batman Wild. Spin the beat. Just single simulcast. Call out, call in. Look. Uh. I ain't never had a car souped up, but I have had my car stolen. I live life and let my heart maneuver. It's so hard just to stay focused. People doing nothing probably feel like they working. See all your success and probably feel that they deserve it. I'm trying to be somebody different. Got homies sitting around talking about how they gonna run the prison. I guess we living in the wicked system. Highlights of their life and they ain't been sentenced. I think about it as I write the sentence. Got family locked up that I ain't been to visit. I got family who don't even speak. Checking Facebook status to keep up with me. Half the time I ain't even posting. Probably posted at the crib watching TV with my kids. Remind myself why I'm even in it. Remind myself who I'm even living Trippin', Chuck D said I'm gifted Brother Ali said I'm nice Murray said I'm next Blue said I'm butter Killer Mike heard my intro say You little motherfucker They ask how I feel about Obamacare What up there? Told them that I feel like nobody cares trip Oh my mama, I'm a hit, don't trip In my hood, I'm legit, don't trip I ain't got a reason to quit Don't trip Kept me in my place, seen a face from the past, all the love I embrace. Dream makers, fall in love with cream and scene makers. Never let them niggas tell you that they made 
moment that they fade us, never phase us. How we came up to come up is what made us. God, I'll never sell my soul to be famous. Man, the struggle kept me calm in the huddle. I could have loved you, but you kept your heart muffled. Still forever, my villains never die. Getting high, pray I never see you cry. Hold for mine, let it shine until the pine. Wanna die, celebration for the grind. Don't like. trip. Oh, my mama, I'm a hit. Don't trip. In my hood, I'm legit. Don't trip. I ain't got a reason to quit. Don't trip. Don't trip. Don't trip. Oh, my mama, I'm a hit. Don't trip. In my hood, I'm legit. Don't trip. I ain't got a reason to quit. Don't trip. Don't trip. Don't trip. You can't get like, you know, 65 cent on the pack. You gotta get a pack of gun hills when, when it come in a flat box. Yeah, that's, that's, that costs some money. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe even clothes. Cause I see some brothers tonight that should be hanging with Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Yeah, bet you ain't know from the way that I stepped in The light shone from the second floor down The doors that I right and all You're more into the fact that I'm so cute Boots to the calf match and a half-top jeans in a bag huh. Only thing missing is the ring on the finger Party and single, getting drunk like Steve Buscemi and the wedding singer Now I need somebody next to me dancing Handsome love is mama, no drama, don't need a mansion Trust, I need romance and plus a weekend camping trip We could go half on a cabin and that's ish But Gene don't ski and neither does he So we lamp in the hot tub, Swiss missing at all passion Hold your floss level down, man I'm more concerned with being a girl than what you earn And Gene's different, pass on the Escalade grill Hop up in the Caddy 68 Coupe de Ville Woo! Excuse me Yeah Like, who's that you with? She's not stupid. Plus, a beat's hotter and spit better than you, kid. Now, you front like Cupid ain't shot ya. Jean got ya. All giggly on the phone. Your tone softer. We ain't even bone in the zone. It just grows closer. Then the movie's the backseat arm on my shoulder. Ask me questions. Now, we talking relations past. Laughing at the stories and my lack of patience. You see the drama. Got your own. Not dating. Cause the home training lacking in these homes. So, you waiting for a girl who ain't crazy. Smarter than average lady. Ambitious, but still get high, analyze Jay-Z. Smiley faces every time he irons me. Either brother's a winner or the prize box is empty. Let the blunt burn. Door one, two, or three, you live and you hey. learn. Come on. Excuse me.
Love, let's go. Half on a daughter. No, my past hold is order. Board fully chalk. Wait, wipe it with eraser. Clean slate. Cause I'm done writing for right now. Remember, open book test where you can read me. It's allowed. Boy, you got the heart that's been sitting cold for a while. I'm about to hand a copy key and leave you one on the speed dial. About to make the sheets crease. Make our lease in the same. But before I sign the papers, wait. What's your name? Yeah, so this is that dish that you, you drink crystal to, but I can't because I don't have any money, so... This is like fish you drink like um, Sprite. Yeah. I mean, does it really matter what you're drinking when you're listening to the song? I... Right. Excuse me. Yeah. All right, we're out. <laughs> All right, single simulcast, 218, Shante Fantastic, Fat Man Wild, me, you. Um, if you want to give us money, we appreciate it. You can go to paypal.me backslash single simulcast and give us bucks. So then uh, Shante can get some uh, Starburst. Me, I'm more of a Ghirardelli type person. I eat chocolate um, and popcorn. But not so much Starburst because when I was uh, eating Starburst, what I used to like to do is take two Starbursts and roll them up in my hand. So then, like I would take a, a orange and a lemon and roll them together. So then it became just one big ball of orange and lemon together, and then I would eat that. And my brother would always be like, "Why didn't you just put two pieces of Starburst in your mouth?" Because the Starburst, I was a, I was like twelve. So my hands were dirty, and so the Starburst, <laughs> the yellow would be grayish, and it would look horrible, and it would taste great. But my brother was like, "Why don't you just put the two pieces in your mouth?" And I was like, "I don't know." So now I'm, I'm like, I can't eat Starburst without thinking about the work that I used to put in, and it's just not the same anymore. Oh, I know, right? I miss Starburst. You know what's really good? Uh, Juicy Fruit has a cherry Starburst uh, bubble gum. Oh wow. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's really good. And they also have a Sour Patch Kids uh, red. I don't know what flavor that red Sour Patch Kid is supposed to be. It just tastes like red. <laughs> Actually, I took Nisha and I, we went to um, Grocery Outlet, which for those of y'all who don't know, Grocery Outlet is a store that is literally an outlet store for groceries. So anything that is just coming onto the market and they want to have a test audience, they send it to Grocery Outlet. Uh, anything that's about to expire, <laughs> they send it to Grocery Outlet. And so oh. you'll find um, brand new on the market stuff like tester items there on one side. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you'll find food that is like canned foods that are about to expire within a month. And, you know, canned foods, they usually last for like eight, nine years. So these are the foods that are about to expire in like two weeks. I actually just put some uh, biscuits into the oven and I looked at the can and I was like, dang it, these expired back in March. But they've been in the refrigerator. So I'll let you know how the kids feel uh, next episode. <laughs> um, 
Well, you know, they say that, like, there's this whole thing about the, uh, the, the expiration dates. Like, you know, there's the best buy and the good buy and the used buy and all this different kind of stuff. And I thought the government or somebody was trying to get that more streamlined because they were saying that people are throwing out good more food. food than they need to. They're throwing out perfectly good food because they see the date and they think, oh, this is bad. And they just toss it. See, see, that's why I wait because March is the third month and we are now in the 10th month and it's just now going on the stove and my kids going to eat me too. Cause it looked good. I made pigs in a blanket using biscuits mm-hmm. and uh, I just, I took some grams biscuits and I stuffed the sausage. I cut the sausage up and I stuffed it into the middle of the biscuit and I put a piece of cheese in there, pepper, Jack Colby, and then I close it back up and then I put it in the oven to cook. So it should be pretty good. Um, I'm hungry. But yeah, no, wait, what the hell was I talking about when I was talking about Grocery Outlet. Grocery Outlet. I know. Why was I talking about it? That was the purpose for that. Um, yeah, that. Um No, that wasn't it. You were talking about you went with Nisha to Grocery Outlet. Yeah, fucking fuck. Oh yeah, so we went in there and um we're walking around doing our thing, you know, being us, being cool. And um we saw these sodas for like 89 cents and they had a blue raspberry soda which tastes just like an icy and they had an orange cream soda which tastes just like an orange cream sickle not rocket science and then they had one that simply said classic red and I freaked out (laughs) and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god it's red it's red I'm gonna buy it oh my god this probably tastes just like it and I bought it and as soon as I bought it I immediately opened it up and took half of it to the neck and I was like, it does, it tastes just like it. And Nisha was like going crazy next to me, like not going crazy, but she was just like, you're not speaking in full sentences. She's really <laughs> analytical. So if I don't speak and say exactly what I'm thinking, it drives her bonkers. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, this is so good. Oh my God, it tastes just like it. Oh my God. And she's like, what, what, what does it taste like? What, what? Use your vowels. What does it taste like? <laughs> and I'm like, it tastes like red (laughs) she was like red is not a flavor and I was like no trust me red is a flavor this tastes just like red and and I handed it to her there was really no way to explain what red tastes like so I gave her the rest of the bottle to try. I was like, it tastes just like big red. And she was like, the gum, the cinnamon? And I was like, no, not the cinnamon. Like, just big red. Big red what? Red. It tastes like big red red. And so she tasted it. And she was like, oh. It does taste like red. And now when I hear her say it, I realize how stupid it sounds to say that something tastes like a color. And so I'm like, wait, how does something taste like red? And she was like, well, it tastes like, and I love her. She's brilliant. Like absolute. She was like, it tastes like the red flavoring that they use in uh, snow cones. And I was like, that's cherry. And she was like, no, not the cherry, just the red. And I was like, okay, I feel you. I know what, I know what you're talking about. So now we're really trying to go out and figure out what the heck red tastes like. Yeah, see, I don't know. Because I, you know, it makes me think of Kool-Aid. You know, like nobody references 
the actual flavor name of the Kool-Aid. It's just red. red. They want red Kool-Aid. You know, even though there's cherry and there's strawberry and there's tropical punch and there's there's all and they all taste different, but it's still just they want red. So I kind of get it. Sometimes I feel like certain things smell like a color. Like I have a perfume that smells kind of green, you know, like not like grass or anything or and definitely not like like weed or anything but it just it smells like whatever the color whatever i think that color kind of smells like it, it smells green so i get the the idea that something could taste like a color it's still kind of odd and it's kind of hard to explain but i get it and i'm reading right here and it says the big red tastes like bubble gum and i'm I, no it doesn't it, it mm. tastes it tastes like red they need to just stop with that they need to stop trying to be cool. It's red. It tastes like red. That's really, I mean, it's, it's, I drank it when I was in college, uh, out in Ohio. It was either that or a surge. Those are the two things that I was drinking. I was drinking surge because I was a junkie. Um, <laughs> them giving a freshman that whole 96 or whatever packs of soda was never a good idea when I lived alone. But, um, yeah, that and red. Okay, so, yeah, so now if you ever taste it, if you ever get a chance to taste big red soda or a red soda, hit me up. I'm really curious to know what you think red soda tastes like. Uh, Again, the number is 916-572-9016. So, um... Police are on the lookout for a thief. Be aware, be aware, be aware. Police are on the lookout for a brazen thief who broke into a YMCA through the ceiling to steal cash from a register. The problem is, neither the cash nor the register were real. Security footage captured the man kicking through the ductwork in the ceiling of the YMCA Child Development Center in Indio, California. He then dropped to the floor to break into a cash register, stealing all the money inside before making a daring escape out the door. There's only one problem. The cash register in question is a children's toy, filled with play money that is worth next to nothing. The NDL Police Department believes this may not be the first acoustic ceiling tile crushing caper this cat burglar stunk his claws into. Hey, it's a tried and true method, and then they stick to it, explained NDL Police Department Chief or Sergeant Dan Marshall. That's one hell of a cash register. I'm uh, flabbergasted. Because I, I, I mean, because, <laughs> okay, for one, children's cash registers are little. Mm-hmm. Like, they're small. Like, even the ones that are kind of um, big, that look like old-timey uh, cash registers, those cash registers are still small. So, it's like, how do you break into the YMCA? I'm assuming you drop down. I mean, you said it was a child development center. So, that's probably where the child, you know, whenever you bring your kid to the YMCA and everything, you drop your kid off at the place where they watch the children and then you go off and go work out or play basketball, whatever it is you go do. You drop down in there 
were was there were there not decorations or something to indicate that you were not in the regular lobby where money gets taken, you know, where money gets exchanged and you see the cash register, the little cash register, pop it open and just I mean the money isn't even the same size. It doesn't feel like I wouldn't think that it feels like real money. And even if even if the the coins felt like real money, it's still small. It's that's not how big a dollar is. Like I don't I don't know. I'm just I want I want to know what happened when the guy got home and looked at his take and then saw that it was like a cat or something on the money. You know? <laughs> like it wasn't a president. It wasn't Benjamin Franklin or anything. It was like you Arthur. Know, a cat, a dog. It was some it was something, some cartoon in the middle of that, you know, that money that he bro- and he broke in through the ceiling. Like that's that's too much. He like did a real caper and came home with cat money. He comes home and it's like that hard plastic money. Like I used to work at a at a at a preschool uh, when Isabella was young. I used to work there with her because you know I didn't have anything else to do. Um, and their cash register was full of hard plastic money. The coins were hard plastic. The uh, dollar bills were hard plastic. And then they all had pictures of like Arthur. Because it was an Arthur cash register. That's why I was like Arthur. Um, <laughs> how? How? He had to have been in a rush. <laughs> like he had to just been a klepto and he was like I gotta steal something from somewhere I'm just gonna do this as practice something he didn't get caught so you know maybe it was just a practice run maybe it was a diversion maybe he really broke into the bank next door and jacked them for everything they got but if this is all he got dude his wife is ashamed right now and she's the one who's telling him he needs to give up the game she's just like baby maybe he's older and he's suffering from dementia. I don't know. Like, that was not a good heist. That is not something you can brag about. Like, dude, the heist that I pulled last night, super successful. How much you make it out with? Three brown ones, one pink one, and two gold ones. The fuck are you talking about, George? Yeah, I did that. It's just like I can't understand or picture anybody breaking into a YMCA. First of all, right? They were open all. I thought they were open all night anyway. You can uh, get yourself clean. You can have a good meal. You can do whatever you feel at the YMCA. So I just figured they were open until like eleven o'clock. Um. But then even more than that, I never thought of them as a place that had money. I just always figured that they were a place that took a lot of donations. I don't know why. I just, the YMCA is always in the grimiest part of town. Um, at least where I, I've been at in Sacramento and in Tacoma, they were in the, uh, they were across the tracks from my tracks, which were across the tracks from where the well-to-do people lived at. Let's just put it like that. And so 
I would never think of them having anything other than struggles. But that's just me. Yeah, I don't know. I could see them having a little bit of money. Like, I know at least here, the, you know, the YMCA is basically the gym. So there's a pool and, a, you know, the, the uh, you know, the basketball court and all the different kind of stuff. They, you know, the kids, if they play sports and stuff, they play it through the YMCA. So it's possible. I could see them having money, you know, people paying their stuff. Well, probably not paying, you know, if they're paying for certain things they might have a little bit of money, but I still wouldn't expect them to have a whole bunch of money that was worth climbing through and busting through the ceiling for it. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it to be that. He brought a gang of tools. I, I could just picture it. He put in so much work to get through that ceiling without making any noise and uh, just got there and there was nothing there but a toy catch. Maybe he got there and there was nothing there but the toy catch register and he just grinched those kids, like, the fuck they gonna do without the money in here? <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> no, that's terrible. Like, that's terrible. If you look at it from that perspective, then he's a supervillain. At <laughs> that point, then it's like, okay, that's messed up. Instead of him being a, a, a doofus, all of a sudden, he's like a mastermind criminal. Like, look, think about the kids. See, I just keep thinking he's adult. I keep thinking that he he planned this heist. He's thinking like he's gonna get this money, and he purposely goes for that cash register, thinking there's real money in it. And he has plans in his mind to order a pizza when he gets back home because nobody, because he's got a little bit of cash, and nobody caught him. He made it. He achieved his goal and he's going to get home and he's got 50 dog or cat bucks and he's not, and now he can't get his pizza. That's what I keep thinking. He got, he's got cat bucks. Now, and I, feel, now I feel bad all over again. That poor guy. I'm not even, I'm not even laughing anymore. That poor guy. You think about all that work he put in for nothing. He thought he was Danny Ocean. He Damn. thought he was in Ocean's Eleven, and he broke it and got that money, and Damn. that's it. Cat bucks. That poor guy. And see, that's why I don't like cats. <laughs> <laughs> so, a woman. Uh, okay, a Miami woman was arrested over the weekend in Hollywood after she was riding in a vehicle that was pulled over in connection with a hit and run. According to an arrest report. Uh, police discovered that a passenger in the driver's vehicle, Takara Naden, had an arrest warrant out of Broward Sheriff's Office for operating a vehicle without a valid driver's license. Naden was arrested on Saturday and taken to the BSO main jail for processing. Police say Naden told medical staff at the jail that she had shoved her Nebraska ID card up her vagina during the traffic stop. An x-ray at the jail confirmed that Naden had a foreign object in her vagina. She was taken to a hospital for medical clearance. Police say Naden pulled down her pants while she was leaving the jail, squatted, and urinated in public. She was taken to the Memorial Regional Hospital and then taken back to jail. She now faces charges from the warrant as well as an additional charge of indecent exposure in public. 
this is a lot. Yeah. And it all sounds painful. Yeah, because the edges. And I'm looking at this lady's eyebrows, and I'm kind of stressed out. Yeah, she's asking questions that we can't answer. I'm stressed. I'm really stressed out. I mean, she has a biohazard tattoo on the side of her head and the, the tattooed eyebrows that are way too high up. Um, and Maleficent on her neck. Those are some nice tattoos, actually. But Maleficent has a has a, a mustache or else she has a cut on her neck. Yeah, that looks like a scar of some sort. Which yeah, that's, like, un- oh, that's kind of scary. That's yeah. unfortunate. But yeah, I just... I. Ladies, I can't speak on the whole shoving things up your hoo-ha, but I would just think that something like a, a ID card, that's not the most sanitary thing to put there, and it's sharp. I've seen people uh, get cut on the edge of, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, why? Why would that be the first thing you think of? Like, what do you think hiding your ID? And then you told them. So, obviously, you still went to jail. So, it didn't work. I just don't understand the the, the method or the, the motive in this vagina monologue. <laughs> No, I don't. It, it doesn't make any sense. And you're right. I've seen now. So I've seen some IDs. I know before they changed ours up, it was like kind of this hard laminate kind of plastic, and it was really thin. The edges were really thin, so I can't imagine if it's if her license is still like that, or just the regular kind of hard plastic like where it's all kind of one piece instead of like kind of two pieces kind of stuck together or whatever it it just doesn't make any sense and it does it's not going to have any give it's not like you stick it in there and it bends like a diaphragm or something it's just it's just in there you know holding its shape inside your body (laughs) making you uncomfortable ah i'm just I'm not picturing it because I'm not that kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I ain't, but I'm not picturing it. I'm just like, that just seems like a lot more trouble than it's worth. Like, you're in Florida. You're, you have a Nebraska ID. And for some reason, you decide to hide the Nebraska ID, but you still get caught. And then... You go into the medical office at the prison and tell them about it. So then you get it extracted. And then as you're walking out the jail, you stop dropping piss on the ground. I think she may have some sort of mental issues. Or maybe she was just hungry. And needed the, the, the bed? I don't know. I don't really understand this one. Yeah, I don't know either. Who knows what was going on? I'm kind of sad again. I don't know. This will make me happy. Clowns make everybody happy, right? Right? Wrong. 
A Virginia teen was arrested for allegedly reaching out to a clown on social media to kill her teacher. The 13-year-old is a student at Davis Middle School in Virginia, where security was beat up on Monday in the wake of the threats. The girl is alleged to have contacted a social media user whose avatar was a clown with hopes that the person would kill her teacher. Authorities were reportedly notified about the threat on Sunday and immediately contacted the teacher in question. The girl has been charged with threatening to kill via electronic message, according to Hampton, Virginia's uh, Wavy. The arrest is one of many clown-related incidents that made headlines recently. But I wouldn't put... Okay, so obviously we have all this clown stuff going on lately with people, you know, in the, you know, people hiding in the bushes, dressed like clowns, people seeing clowns, whatever, whatever. I would not put this with the clown incidents. This feels like something else who ha- and this kid happened to reach out to a clown, unless they're trying to say that this child has heard about all these clowns and then made the leap that when they saw a clown on social media, they said, oh, well, people are scared of clowns and clowns are killers. Hey, come kill my teacher. But just this, this is some wild stuff. Which is totally profiling. You know, you see a, a, a person with a clown profile on Twitter and you just immediately believe that they're a killer clown. And you're just going to, you don't know that. That could have been Boingo the Clown who does birthday parties. And all of a sudden, you're trying to get them to kill your teacher, which I realize that teenagers have issues. Like, they have things that are going on in their lives. Uh, some things are much deeper than we think. With social media and with uh, all the things going on in the world, it's much easier to uh, fall into to a despondent mode or depression or whatever it may be. I'm just really trying to figure out what would it take for a 13 year old to want to kill their teacher school year just started so it ain't like they're about to flunk out what exactly would it take to make a 13 year old mad enough to want to murk their teacher via clown I hate laughing at this. I hate laughing at this because there's always possibility that it really is something like super terrible and we don't know because we're not that child and we're not that teacher and it'll hopefully come out whatever the situation is. Or it's just unfortunate that this child overreacted in a way that they're now going to have to maybe pay for for a long time. Because I feel like kids, you know, kids overreact. And they say things and they think things. It's just that she actually followed through with it. So yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just it's it's there's always a possibility that it's something really, really terrible. You know, that maybe not that this teacher I don't know deserves to die. I'm not saying that. I guess it's just you just never know. It's like, well, what if this teacher has been picking on this child and uh, excessively and, you know, other kids take it, but this kid can't. Or is it 
just this child feels like they're being picked on, but maybe the teacher really isn't picking on the child and they're just, they took it so personal that they felt like it was time to get on social media and hire a hitman, a clown hitman. I didn't even, I don't, I, I didn't even know that threatening to kill via electronic message was a crime. I, I feel like that's something very, very new. Um, I think it's hard. Part of me feels like it's hard to prosecute. It yeah. feels because it feels like it's one of those because I feel like a lot of women deal with it on Twitter and on Facebook and all this different kind of stuff. They're getting inundated with people saying that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that to you, this and that. But it really just I I feel like it may depend on who they're reporting to, you know, like if the right person and the right police officer hears about the incident then they'll push forward and maybe prosecute it where if the wrong one hears about it it's just like well you just gotta do what you gotta do kid was just you know that that kind of thing mm-hmm. i just you know you you actually what what that, that's actually i'm sad now i'm i'm bummed out i think it's the illness it's just all up in me but the fact that uh, young ladies get hit up and threatened constantly. I had never heard of this before. I had never, like, like you said, it never gets carried out. I wonder how much jail time it carries. I wonder if she's going to go to jail at all. I wonder if this is just a slap on the wrist sort of thing. I wonder how the teacher feels about all of this. If I'm the teacher. I'm pretty freaked out. And in other clown news, <clears throat> yeah, because you know clowns. <laughs> a woman in Ohio made up a report that she was attacked by clowns, um, because she was running late to her job at McDonald's. Alexandra Connolly of Hamilton called the police around 6 a.m. on Saturday, saying a clown jumped over a fence waved a knife at her and cut her left thumb. Conley described the suspect as a male wearing a clown suit with a red wig, white facial makeup, and a teardrop on his left cheek. Hmm. Please say Conley was calm as she was being examined by medics, even using her cell phone to access Facebook. After an in-depth investigation, police found several inconsistencies in her report. Conley admitted to making up the story, police said, because she was running late to work and didn't want to lose her job. She was charged with one count of making false alarms, according to police. That's awful. That's real. That's awful and sad. You know, because on the one hand, I get it. You know, like I feel like people, like if people think that they're going to get in trouble, they will make up anything. They will anything to get out of the trouble. And yet this has turned into something way worse than just, you know, kind of uh, just being late. Because it just feels like it feels like maybe she maybe she could have just said she cut her hand. And that's why it took so long, because I would unless she didn't have a cut at all. And maybe that was maybe that was part of the tip off. It was or her leg. You know, she say she says, oh, no, I cut my leg. That's why it took so long. And but if the police see her and they're like, well, there's no cut on your leg. 
what's really going on, then maybe that's what tipped it off. Or, or maybe she told her co-workers and maybe they were just like, oh, well, you got to call the police. And then she kind of met, you know, she's fucked at that point. I, I My daughter's 18. And um, a couple days ago, we uh, got home from work and she should have been at work, but she wasn't at work. And we were like, why aren't you at work? And she was like, because I couldn't get a ride. And her job is right around the corner. I can see an 18-year-old doing this. Doing this stupid thing. I mean, I, I when I was 18, that was when I quit a job because I spilled oil on my new J's. So... I could see somebody saying, you know, this clown thing seems credible. Let me see how far I can run with it and pushing it too far and actually calling the police. She's probably lucky she didn't get shot. That escalated quickly. I feel ashamed by that last statement. I just want to state that I didn't think she should be shot. I'm just saying the way that the police are in Ohio, they shoot a nigga for nothing. It can happen. Yeah. Batman Wild, spin the beat. I apologize for nothing. This single song.
Single Simulcast, episode 218. Shantae is still here. I'm here. Fat Man Wild. Who who knows? Um, so, Tony Braxton was hospitalized. At Merrill, we believe that nothing should stay. I hate ads that just pop up out of nowhere. Tony Braxton was hospitalized uh, in Atlanta due to complications related to her battle with lupus. Uh, TMC reports a rep for the singer confirms to the Huffington Post that Braxton has since been released and is at home resting quote she was not in serious condition the lupus is a serious disease and must be monitored at all times the rep said TMZ reported that Braxton was in the hospital for four days noting that it's unclear whether she checked herself in or was transported by ambulance Braxton's boyfriend rapper Birdman Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can't, I can't see that one, but okay, maybe he makes her laugh. Reportedly boarded a plane from Texas to Atlanta when he heard the news, according to TMZ. Braxton first revealed that she had lupus in 2010 when she accepted the Women in Achievement Award from Lupus LA. Lupus is an autoimmune disease that causes the body's immune system to attack its own tissues and organs. Approximately 1.5 million Americans have a form of the disease, according to the Lupus Foundation of America. Quote, take a look, Tony Braxton said. This is what lupus looks like. In 2012, she told uh, HuffPost Live that someday she can't balance it all, meaning her disease and her livelihood. Quote, pretty much when you have lupus, you feel like you have the flu every day. But some days you get through it. But for me, if I'm not feeling well, I tend to tell my kids, oh, mommy's just going to relax in bed today. I kind of take it easy, end quote. 
The hardest part about living with lupus, she said, was when she had to perform. Quote, so often when it's like that, it's a lot of, you sing to the audience, you know? She said, they kind of helped me out a little bit without realizing it. And um, I've spoken on lupus before. Um, I have a few dear friends of mine who uh, are bravely fighting lupus uh, every single day. And um, there, a, a cure needs to be found, like ASAP. Um, and so, to really um, speak on it, because I, I don't think I've done this in a year, so I try and do it at least once a year. Uh, we're gonna play the game No Lupus, and uh, Shante, you yes. are the contestant. Oh, wow. For the game, okay. no lupus. Uh, so, let's begin. <clears throat> lupus is an unpredictable autoimmune disease that can affect the A, hearts and lungs, B, kidneys, C, skin, or D, all of the above. All of the above. Correct. <laughs> The ability of lupus to affect a person's heart, kidney, lungs, or skin is part of what makes it so challenging to understand, diagnose, and treat. Wow, that is wild because most things are uh, more directed to one certain body part or one certain part of the body. Like the liver, you'll get liver disease, cirrhosis uh, for kidneys, uh, kidney failure for uh, the lungs you might get lung cancer but the lung cancer likely won't spread to the skin <sighs> lupus is everywhere scientists believe lupus is triggered by A. a tick bite B. unprotected sex C. a, a high carb diet or D. none of the above D. none of the above correct Researchers believe lupus may be triggered by a combination of genetics, hormones, and environmental factors. Ticks, carb-containing diets, and unprotected sex don't cause lupus. The exact origin remains a mystery, which is scary. Scary. Okay, so this is the scale. Women make up what percentage of the total population of people with lupus? And the scale is between 10% and 100%. Good luck. <laughs> uh. Just kidding. Hi. Uh, I was going to say like 60%. 60%. Right. Nope. It's actually 90%. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Though, though men and children can also develop lupus, 90% of people with lupus are women, and they most commonly develop symptoms between the ages of 15 and 44. Okay. See, I... I I have always, well, 
whenever I hear about people with lupus, it tends to be women. So I figured that women were a majority, but I didn't know it was that much of a majority. Exactly. And I mean, you... In any situation, you would think that with a disease like this, 60% is on the high end. But to find out that it's on the low end of the high end is just like, wow. Like, oh, goodness. Lupus is sometimes called A, the silent killer, B, daylight disease, C, the butterfly syndrome, and D, the great imitator. Uh, the butterfly disease? That's a guess. I don't know. It's actually the great imitator. Lupus is known as the great imitator because its symptoms can closely resemble those of other diseases and can come and go over time, making diagnosis difficult. Which, again, if you see somebody uh, at the shopping center, at the mall, or at the grocery store, or something like that, and they put a handicap placard up in their vehicle... And they are parked right up front and they get out the car and they don't look like they're handicapped or like they have a um, something going on. Do not judge them because often with lupus, it comes and goes. Um, and so you can't always tell what's going on. Same with COPD. You can't always tell just by looking at somebody that something is going on with them. And that's both for mental and physical issues. So when you see somebody, just be nice. Let's let's try that instead. Instead of being like the old woman who pulled her car up behind my car, talking about, I'm making a citizen's arrest. I was only making a three-point turn, lady. There was nowhere else to go. You trapped me in, and I got a ticket because you snitching. It's messed up. It's on, my on average, how many years does it take to be diagnosed after a person starts experiencing the symptoms of lupus? And it goes between one year and ten years. Uh, five. So close. It's six years. Okay. Based on a recent study from the onset of symptoms, it takes an average of six years for a person to be diagnosed with lupus. Wow. That's scary. Exactly. That's scary. But it totally makes sense because if it, if, you know, you, the, the last answer was the great imitator. So if it's attacking different things, then, you know, if somebody's having trouble with their heart, then the doctor is probably going to do things for stuff that has to do with the heart but then it starts messing with this or then it starts messing with that and if it's you know attacking different things and then stuff's going on with their skin and all just yeah it i mean that's why i picked five i figured that it takes a while because doctors are uh you know dealing with this and dealing with that and probably thinking that they're independent situations rather than just one situation that is attacking different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. That's that that sucks, and I bet that's super frustrating for people, and especially scary. and scary, especially if they're because it's like you're, you know, you're not a doctor. All you're doing is just probably saying like, "Look, well, this doesn't feel good, or that doesn't feel good. I'm having these symptoms. This is what's going on, and it's just that it, that's scary." Next question. 
Going on a reduced carb diet like a paleo or gluten free diet can cure lupus or cause it to go into remission. True or false? Uh, I'm going to say false. Correct. No special diet has been found to cause to cure lupus or cause it to go into remission. On average, what is the annual cost of lupus, including expenses related to treatment and lost hours of work? A, $1,000, B, $10,000, C, $5,000, or D, $20,000? D. Correct. A lupus patient's average medical and loss of productivity costs are roughly $20,000 a year and can increase to $63,000 per year if he or she has kidney complications. Yeah, I had a teacher in the ninth grade who uh, she had lupus and she was there for a while and then uh, then she had to then she left but she was gone for a little while but then unfortunately she, she passed away that school year. So oh. I could I could totally see it taking away I mean obviously you know, you could lose your life to it, but just some the possibility of someone missing a lot of work and everything, I could totally see it being a large amount of money with as much as she was gone, you know, versus just, you know, like, you know, because occasionally it was substitute teachers and stuff. And then there was just this large lull of just her not being there. So, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Condolences. Was she? I mean, was she one of your favorite teachers, or was she just a teacher, it, a peripheral it was just, teacher? It was just. It was. I went to school uh, in like I'm from Oklahoma, but there was one year where we moved away, and while I was living uh, with my aunt in New Jersey, so it was just you know it was ninth grade, and she was she was my science teacher. Her name was uh, Miss Hartsfield. Okay. Whew. Inflammation of the kidneys can be one of the more serious complications of lupus. What percentage of adults with lupus experience this? A, 10%, B, 35%, C, 40%, or D, 75%? I'm going to go with C. Correct. 40% of adults with lupus and as many as 66% of children ultimately experience some form of kidney complication. I, I, I just... I'm, I'm picturing children just going through this every day. And it just stuns me. I mean, it really just... The bravery of those children. You know? And that goes back to what we were talking about, about people who haven't had who think that they're going through horrible life experiences and, and there's there's so much more that we could be experiencing both good or bad chemotherapy drugs can be used to treat people with lupus true or false mm, don't say false nope it's actually true Okay. In certain cases, people with lupus are treated with cyclophosphamide. Cyclophosphamide. Okay, I said that right. A chemotherapy drug commonly used to treat cancer that suppresses the immune system. Mm, okay. So, overall, 
you got 67% correct on level one. There's more levels. And the thing about it is, every time that we do a level, money gets donated to uh, fight Lucas. So we might come back to that uh, next time and you can ask the questions and I'll answer. Um, and that way we can be donating money towards the fight against Lucas. Um, because like I said, it's, it's, it's scary. It, it has to be scary to just be sick and not know why you're sick, but just be in so much pain and know that there's no known cure. I think that might be the worst feeling in the world to know that whatever you're going through, there's no way at this time to make it stop. Let's work to make it stop. I feel like that last part was just like one of those bring it all together type moments. I don't know. I, I hope it worked that way. Um, now this next article uh, I'm more going to listen to you Shante I'm just going to ask I'm going to I'm going to state things and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to just listen okay um last night or the night before last rather uh, Kim Kardashian was robbed at gunpoint by two men posing as police officers uh, she was if I remember correctly, she was bound and gagged. Uh, she had a gun uh, held up to her. She begged for her life, uh, asked the assailants to think of her children. Um, she begged them not to rape her. And uh, ultimately, the uh, thieves uh, left with $10 million in jewelry. Um but she was physically unharmed mentally we don't know yet physically unharmed uh, before we go further into this story I do want to say that there was a uh, article that I saw that pissed me off I didn't even read it I just saw the, the, the title um, and it's from this group called Media Takeout um, that says new evidence suggests that Kim Kardashian and her mother staged the robbery um, just like Ryan Lochte or Lochte I didn't even read the article just seeing that just just made me just sad you know uh, to say that somebody would do something like that for publicity just to think that they would do that because they are uh, social media folks because they do reality TV shows that they would lie about that to get attention. Like they need that sort of attention. Like they would want that to garner that sort of attention. It just made me really sad. Like this is where we're at. This is where people really believe we're at. Now. You know? um, I'm, I don't want to read this article. I don't want to read the, the facts that they're pointing out in this article. Or that they think they're pointing out in this article. But I have to because... This one right here, just I, I literally just looked at this. The second uh, point that they're trying to make is two, Kim not harmed. According to Kim's publicist, five masked men with guns tied her up in her home. They claim that not one of them did anything appropriate. Kim is either very lucky 
dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's gross that people are either saying that uh, she staged this, she or her mother or both, you know, whatever, staged this, or that she is somehow to blame for this, whether it's her people were saying like oh she's flaunting her wealth then there were people who were talking about how she's uh saying where she is on social media i guess with snapchat or whatever and it it's it's really gross i mean i feel like i i feel like that's where i keep sitting at is just how gross it is and the lack of the lack of compassion i guess for what happened and also and also the kind of I don't know if the obtuseness is the right word but just what I read was taken was a ring and a necklace so you it seems like there's people thinking that they it feels like I I think people hear 10 million dollars in jewelry and they're thinking several items because mm -hmm. that's where their mind is. Their mind is lots and lots of items of jewelry. You know, when she had a ring, I think recently maybe Kanye gave it to her. That was worth $4 million. And then I guess maybe the necklace was worth the rest or whatever. You know, but at least that ring was worth $4 million. So that's one item that's almost half you know that's 40 percent of whatever was being taken so it's it's just i don't know one one of the things that i feel like factor into it is definitely because people don't like her people don't like her family you know for all kinds of reasons it just feels like this is the time where you have to ugh, i don't know it just feels like you can't or you shouldn't just you shouldn't think that it was staged. It just feels like this feels like of all the things to stage. Like this just seems really bad. This seems like a really bad thing to to stage. Because I mean, she wasn't by herself, you know, or she wasn't. Um, there was someone else in this kind of apartment because that's what because I thought when I heard the story, I was thinking, oh, she was in a regular hotel. Mm -hmm. Because what happened was the the men who came into the place threatened the concierge and the concierge let them in. You know, so I'm thinking in my head, I'm just thinking like a regular hotel with a key card and all this different kind of stuff and everything. And it wasn't even like that. It seemed like it was more like a giant um, or not giant. It seemed like it was a mansion, but where that had apartments in it but where kim was was an apartment was a penthouse apartment that kanye owned like they said whatever i read said kanye had been living or had owned the residence since 2011 so this is home this is someone breaking into your house 
you know, now granted, she probably has lots of different places where she lives, but this is still her house. This is still her home. You know, as long as, you know, she's been married to Kanye for a little while. I'm sure when she travels to Paris, this is where she stays. Mm -hmm. So the lack of compassion is just, it, it, it's odd to me. And it's scary because it's just, I mean, all it took was some men dressed up and threatened a concierge you know and unfortunately i think her i think what i what else i read was the bodyguards were with uh her other with were with her sisters her sisters had went out to you know i'm sure to go hang out in paris so the bodyguard goes with them and it totally makes sense that the bodyguard would go with them and think that Kim is safe in her house. Because who would think that, you know, some dudes would run up on a concierge and say, open the door, and the concierge does it. You wouldn't think that something like that would happen, and it, but it did. And all that getting back to say that while Kim, I think, was uh, being tied up and the men were looking for the jewelry and stealing it, she had someone else was in that apartment with her, but perhaps in another section of the apartment. And that person was able to lock themselves in a bathroom and was able to call the bodyguard back to the apartment. But the bodyguard, unfortunately, I think he showed up after everybody was gone. So it's just, yeah, it's scary. And it's, it's sad that people dislike Kim Kardashian so much that they will I guess make this leap but I I, I don't I don't know it's it's weird because you know because it's because you also have people who have made up things you know you know there's people who have lied about things that you would never think somebody would lie about so maybe it's that it still just seems really bad it still just seems really it seems really ugly to you know for yourself to be on social media or to be out you know saying well it's her fault she should have done something else she should have did this she should have did that and it, it just um i'm not with it i was uh after i got done looking through that article or or looking at the title of the article and uh, going kind of berserk over the title. Um, I was reading another article about fake police officers and other things that men don't realize women fear. Um, and basically what this is is a list of things that men probably have no idea the women fear on a daily basis or have to do in preparation to avoid those things that they fear. Um, and so this uh, young lady, Courtney, was talking with some of the folks that she works with, and they were all telling her some of the things that they uh, have to do to avoid things they will, that they fear. Um, one woman said... Uh, she had a conversation with a friend who purposely wears her hair short or wears her hair to look short at night because she read somewhere the rando rapists target women with longer hair and use their ponytails as handles. 
she works a late shift and so these for that reason she wears a, a baseball cap when she has late shifts um, another young lady said um, she watches what she wears out if she doesn't have her, her husband with her uh, post kid she has cleavage for the first time in her life and she's honestly too nervous to display it unless she's with her husband or in a fully safe or fully female environment like a friend's house um, another woman said if you're out at night walking on the side of the walking on the side of the sidewalk closest to the street because who knows who could pop out one of those recessed doorways um, watch out for drinking uh, because she thinks that if she gets drunk and this is a quote uh, part of the reason is that in the back of my mind I think that if I get drunk I'm going to get raped and or murdered a big part of that is my raging anxiety issues and obsessive nature and such she does not like to not be in control of her situation but she does think that if she was a guy she wouldn't be nearly so worried about it um a woman said parking her car somewhere she could see underneath it when she's walking back to it and checking her back seat before she gets in. That one, I, I, I have a recurring nightmare that uh, I get out to my car in the morning and I get into it and I start driving to work and I look in my rearview mirror to change lanes and there's a grinning person in my back seat with a knife. And they stabbed me to death. I don't know why I have that nightmare, but I do constantly. And so now when I get in my car, uh, I make sure that everything is safe and sound before I leave out, even if I'm parked in a garage. Um, so, yeah. Um, being aware of how you walk when you're alone at night. Uh, confident and with authority as Howes once described to her for God's sake do not look lost wow one woman says she will change her path home if she thinks someone's walking too close or following her she'll jump into a bodega she'll cross the street and she'll judge herself for being paranoid. But then again, you just never know. Uh, giving Lyft and Uber drivers a fake address to where she lives and pretending to go to a different home so that the driver doesn't know where she lives. And that's real. I've seen lots of women uh, on social media and they will screenshot the Uber or the Lyft driver texting them or all kind, you know, just it, making advances toward them, you know, and they're freaked out, you know, and justifiably so because now this man knows where they live. You know, he picked them up or dropped them off and yeah, or, or pizza guys or it just, yeah, it's a, it's scary to be a woman and there's lots of things that I think men take for granted that and just you know whether they're whether 
they're just unaware, you know, and once you tell them, it's just like, oh, man, I never thought about that. And then there's just there's men who completely kind of tell them like, hey, you know, I really have to to think about what I'm doing when I walk out of, you know, when I walk into the parking lot at night kind of thing where you just don't, you know, you just take for granted that you're going to walk in and get in your, you know, you're going to get in your car and nobody's going to bother you where I kind of have to, to think about it. And they would be like, oh, well, you don't have to think about it. There's security and this and that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's scary. Man. Uh, calling out, I'm home when you enter into your empty apartment because you notice somebody hanging around the hallway as you open the door. Um, refusing to pull over for a cop car in a poorly lit area. Signaling to them that you're going to pull over further down the road and not necessarily because you think that they're fake cops. And being warned not to stop if someone tapped your bumper if you're not in a public well-lit area. That it could be a ruse to get you to pull over and get out of your car. And that cop stuff. See, scary thing. Yeah, like the scary thing about the cop stuff, it makes me think about... Uh, Daniel Holtzclaw you know obviously he got arrested and he got convicted and everything but that's still I mean like that's a real police officer stopping you and harassing you and sexually you know assaulting you let you know let alone it's a fake you know let alone it's a fake cop it's just it's scary even the people who you think are supposed to protect you are possibly a threat that's what's you know that's what's really messed up it's like it's like even if you know it's possible that you might see a car and if the car doesn't have lights on top of it you know you could see something and they could be trying to stop you but oh this doesn't look like a real police officer and you keep going you know where if it's a real police officer it's like well you know you try to you know you still have to protect yourself from that person too it's just it's messed up oh I never I never would have thought of a lot of these I mean it's I I can't even for me realizing Every so often, the privilege that I have just kind of makes me pause. Because I'm thinking these are things that I, I would have never thought to talk to my children about or fears that they might have. You know, oh, what's going on? What, what's, what's wrong with you? And, and they're like, somebody followed me today. Oh well, I'm 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 automatically on red alert for that. But what's going on? What's wrong with you? Oh, uh, this happened, and I'm in my mind. I'm like, so what's the big deal? And just like that, I lose connection. Yeah, it's it's scary. I find myself. I mean, what's really crazy sometimes about it is. I don't know how often women are told to do these things 
as much as it's like somehow because it, at least I'm well I'm speaking for myself I am I don't feel like someone has told me to make sure that I have my keys out and ready you know if I'm leaving Walmart if I'm leaving the store make sure I'm not fumbling with the keys in the you know out in the parking lot be ready or the uh, or maybe someone has said that but the idea of making sure that you don't look lost like that I feel like that's something that I kind of just you know I make sure that I'm looking up and I look confident I know where I am I know where my car is you know I'm a you know you can't do anything to me kind of thing and it's just it's so it's weird how women have had to adapt to these situations that they've had to tell each other these things or figure out these things kind of on their own that I need to look like this I need to do this I need to you know project this in order to keep me from being seen as a target and yet you still may be a target. That's what's so messed up about all these different things that we do to try to protect ourselves, whether it's from some type of um, sexual assault or some type of uh, robbery or something. There's only so much we can do in the end. And But you still get people who say, well, you should have done X, Y, Z. It's like with Kim Kardashian. You know, it's like, well, she shouldn't be flaunting her stuff. You know, she shouldn't be flaunting her wealth. If it was a different situation with someone who was out at a party and was having a good time and they go to their car and that, per you know, and something happens to them, well, they'll say, well, why didn't you have someone walk you to your car? Or why were you driving in the first place? Why were you trying to drive if you've been drinking? You know, all these different kinds of reasons why what happened happened instead of looking at it like this is messed up and people shouldn't be a target. <coughs> oh, gosh. How do you... When you talk with your husband and you talk with your son... Is there any time where you're just like, I, I, I feel like you're not seeing where I'm coming from due to the fact that you are a, a, a man? And um, what do you do to actually bridge that divide? Oh, God, I really don't know. I can't think of a specific time where uh, my husband didn't get it and yet I feel like there has been a time I feel like there has been a time where he didn't get it so I'm not going to say I'm not going to say like oh well, my husband's perfect and he always gets it I'm not going I'm not going to go there I just can't think of a specific time and I, I I'm not really sure how to bridge that to how to bridge that divide I tell my now I do uh with my son it's more asking, just asking him questions. Like, so what do you think, you know, what happens if a girl, uh, you know, what happens if you say hi to a girl and she doesn't say hi back? What do you do? 
you know, and, you know, trying to see where his head is at and everything. And I feel like the last time I asked him about that, he was just like, oh, well, I don't say anything. I just leave her alone or something like, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's that kind of thing because obviously there's a lot of dudes when a, you know a dude says hi to a woman and she doesn't say hi back, it can turn into a huge incident because his ego was bruised. You know, because she didn't say hi back. Oh, there was <laughs> a part of me wishes I had said something, but I didn't want to get into it. But uh, someone posted something on Facebook about someone not thanking them about you know a man post something on facebook about a woman not thanking them for uh holding the door they held the door for this woman and this woman didn't say thank you and he says that he visualized hurting this woman and it was just like why would you why is this cold shoulder this lack of a thank you warrant you imagining harming this woman essentially killing her because that's what he said I mean what he said he would do probably would have killed her and it's just it's this oh I wish I had I, I wish I had said something I didn't say anything because it was my family and because it's Facebook and I didn't want to get into like a giant argument but it was just these kinds of extreme reactions to things and it's just like what are you thinking like why like yes I understand feeling kind of you know the rebuffed or whatever because someone didn't say thank you because it would have been a courteous thing to say thank you it doesn't warrant bashing her head in or imagining bashing her head in but yeah I don't I don't don't even know part I kind of lost where I was going with it but it's just it's it's dangerous for women is basically I think what I'm trying to get at is that it's it's dangerous for women to be out and about and it's not even and I think some people feel like it's an exaggeration because in their head it's not happening left and right but I would argue that if you were a woman you would probably feel like it is happening left and right where you know you have trans women being assaulted mm-hmm. you have you know for you know whatever they're being assaulted and no one's really doing anything about it or it seems like people don't care and then you have situations of street harassment of and, and those women being assaulted or killed and then you, you know you have situations where women are in seemingly safe places and uh you know reject a man or something and they're assaulted it's just it's a it's dangerous to just you know you walk out of your door and you're thinking about what can you do to make sure you stay safe do you have enough gas in the car do you you know where are your keys do you know is your phone charged do you know how to get there you know do you know the right route 
Are you prepared? You know, all these just things. And it's like, but, you know, a man, you know, I'm just like, I'm like, even on a, on a night, on probably a girl's night out or something, you're probably still thinking, okay, let me make sure that I'm only drinking this because it's less likely to keep me from uh, being roofied. You know, I'm not going to have something in a glass and I'm going to make sure I got my bottle when I take it with me out on the dance floor, you know, or I'm going to make sure that my friend is right there with my drink or something. You know, you make you just all these different things that you're just trying to do to stay safe. And, it's, and there's no guarantee that it keeps you safe. And that's why it's dangerous, you know, but you say that to someone and it's, it really it, it sucks when you say that to someone and they're so wrapped up in their ego that they can't uh, step out of it and realize that, oh, if this woman didn't give you the, the most polite greeting or response to your greeting, that maybe she feels like she needs to be hard to keep unwanted people away because being nice didn't work mm -hmm. I, feel, I actually feel bad sniffling after that I feel like you know that just kind of broke everything up um I just I see so many statements and posts by guys on Facebook and on social media talking about how uh, you say you want chivalry but then when I do this you don't acknowledge it and I tell my kids I tell the kids on my basketball teams all the time characters doing the right thing when nobody's looking without thinking about getting a reward or a uh, statement back um, and too many guys uh, in this day and age are just sitting there waiting to be acknowledged for doing what they should be doing anyway, holding a door open for somebody or um, giving up a seat for somebody or uh, just not going above and beyond to harass somebody or, or leaving somebody alone, leaving a woman alone when you realize that they don't want to, they're not listening to you or, or, or they don't want to be bothered by you um, and it's scary um, to think how many uh, guys are still in the mindset of women owe us this because we do that and we deserve to be able to do this because this happened and this happened if I take them out this should happen I am uh, quite possibly unaware of a lot of things that go on, but the things that I am aware of petrify me. Um, like the uh, scores of young women who have been shot uh, leaving out of clubs or uh, walking down the street or wherever they may be because they rejected the advance of somebody. That's scary to me. I'm sure it's scary to you. I'm sure it's scary to everybody. Um, it just, it really, it, 
I just believe that it's something that as each generation, as, as if the men of this generation turned around and spoke to their children, the next generation could change everything. And that's my mindset with so many different things. If we would just talk to our kids and be honest with them and tell them how things should be, we could really just turn everything around. That would be nice. Uh, Shanta, you got any uh, shout-outs or anything like that? Oh, I had to cough. Uh, no? No? You know, same as last week, man. Shout-out to everybody listening and uh, sharing and commenting and all that kind of stuff. Shout-out to them. Me too. <laughs> uh, this single simulcast, uh, episode 218. Thank y'all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, single simulcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and, uh, send us feedback and thoughts, anything like that. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Thank you to everybody who's sharing the show. Thank you to everybody who's listening to the show. We really do appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um, be good, be safe, um, and we'll holler at y'all next week. Batman Wild, spin the beats, this single simulcast. Peace.
My name is Nikki Blue, and I am the resiest red kid you will ever find.
catalyst for happiness in my cup. This sound like kiddies on the playground, mama was running up. Ooh, you about to get your ass beat. This sound like niggas complaining when they bitches like Razzie. Be 2K in the stereo, we juke in the backseat. Or juke in the basement, in love with my case. Was this feel like jumping in the pool and I'm knowing I can't swim? Ooh, you about to get your ass beat for stealing that $20. Like, baby, just ask me. Mama said she loved, loved, loved us. When the lights was off, we had to stay with cousins. Granny at the BBQ with 50 as husband. Summertime, city lights, shot town. My town, my town. After school matters, like I'm needing that stipend right now. Can the cup parking lot got caught with the blunt, like, wow, wow. Run, run, run. Mama say come home before the street lights do. Ice cream on my front porch and my new food, boo, and my A1s too. Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the diddy side. Keep my growing out my clothes. The stars in my pocket dreaming about making my hood glow. This sound like every place I would go if I could fly. This feel like every summertime. Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go. And every one of them feels so close, still chasing time. I am not a star, I am a meteor on a crash course towards Earth across the cosmos. Versus Perseus to the father of his birth to tell the truth that I'm his real son. Get blocked, I'm a built one. Get blocked, I'm a built two. Hope that you see it's a staircase. Still pray for a fair day where they give a fair race to the male Nate and the Dogons and the Essays and the Fairface. Keep H when I feel paint. Rain bars with a pink blue and a sea foam type of green hue make a clear space. Stop overreacting, it's past my curfew and my after six Happily making my accident, mama gon' whoop on my ass again Pray that I'm making my way before eight and I might have to sneak in the back again Hope that memorial trafficking, hope that she's stopping for gas again Girl, I just wanna relax again, pray you gon' bring this shit back again Pray you gon' bring this shit back again, I know Mama say come home before the street lights do. Ice cream on my front porch and my new football and my A1s too. Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the dip. This time I growing out my clothes. The stars in my pocket dreaming about making my hood glow. This sound like every place I would go if I could fly. This feel like every summertime. Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go. And every one of them feels so close, still chasing time. Simulcast. Don't know about that, I'm just listening.